right, ladies and gentlemen. It's Saturday night, another week of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, how's it going? Well, personally, very, very well. Uh, partially because I'm not sure if you saw this, but we've we've officially uh, gone over 2,300 viewers. Wow. So that's crazy. Thank you guys so much for that, and uh, you awesome. gave me you gave me a reason to smile last night when I was getting ready to throw a brick at my TV address <laughs> after SmackDown. So, uh, th- thank you very much. You uh, you calmed my blood pressure significantly, and um, I'm getting notifications from people agreeing with my assessment. Um, no, I'm kidding, but. Um, it, but you know, it, it's it's so interesting because like this podcast really serves as not only a cool platform to you know to bitch and and analyze wrestling, but it, it also reminds me of like why I like it so much because let's be honest here, people. WWE television for people of the age group of, of Elio and I and others who have been watching it for a really long time, the current WWE product really fucking sucks. Yep. And, and I say that um, with the intention of, of leading into... Um, this week's conversation because I feel that this week more than any other week in recent memory really encompasses the problems that WWE has. Um, and Elio, you're already aware of this, but uh, I requested to do the Monday Night Raw review along with NXT. And the reason why I wanted to do um Monday Night Raw is because I couldn't contain myself throughout that entire show. Uh oh. I I couldn't I I kept getting more angry and more angry, and and you know it just WWE needs help, and I am I am here as as a professional podcaster to breathe new life into the WWE heading into WrestleMania season. They need to listen to what the fuck the two of us are going to say. They, they, need to, they need to take notes. Bruce Pritchard, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but you're, you're clearly not listening to Paul Heyman. But between, between Paul Heyman, myself, and my esteemed co-host, Elio Canella. We are going to fix the road to WrestleMania, and we're going to start by fixing this fucked up elimination chamber situation that we've gotten ourselves into. So now that now that you're familiar with the lay of the land of tonight's podcast, and you, and you're probably getting the impression that this is going to be an epic show, as I see Elio's already in, in the proper spirit of things because, ladies and gentlemen, he has changed my nameplate from my regular name to Don't Piss Me Off. 
Well, well, congratulations, sir, because you've already succeeded in pissing me off because throughout this entire podcast now, I have to be reminded of my hatred for Bad Bunny's music because that's what you've coined yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, what what are you doing there? Are you a master of ceremonies or are you a little bitch? (laughs) <laughs> which one are we going? <laughs> you know, because I, I, I'll tell you, you know, I don't know what the hell is going on with Bad Buddy's hair, but it looks like he's got, it, it looks like he's got earmuffs on the back of his fucking head. <laughs> I don't know what you got going on under your hat there, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> help me out. So anyway, um, before I was so rudely uh, distracted by um by my co-host fucking with the control panel, uh, now and now, we now. Oh yes, you do. <laughs> yep, <you laughs> fucking fish. Anyway, um, it's it's gonna be a spicy Saturday evening on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. And I don't know why I'm getting a request of why I need to set up professional audio because of music preferences. I'm not sure. Uh, But anyway. um, I don't know why that is. I didn't touch anything here. But on the go with the show, I'm I'm sure it'll it'll die off. Um, But on the go with the show, and we are going to start uh, with Monday Night Raw. And Elio, I, I will take that because I just can't contain myself. And I will uh, minimize this window so I can follow along with your review. Uh, cool. Very good. Uh, so, okay. Right off the bat, I have to ask you a question. I have an answer. What's up? <laughs> Is it, is, is it just me, or are you tired of Postmaster Pierce? What are you talking about? Oh, no. Did, did, they, did they bring out Adam Pierce as Postman Pierce or whatever again? Uh, well, no, but, but I mean, look. Or did they bring him out in the opening segment? Because I must have missed the opening segment. Yes, yes, that's why I said. That's why. I said oh something. wait, I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the announcement and she made man. Yep, yep, yep. I'm right. tired of this guy. Yep. This this guy is getting more airtime than seventy percent of the talent on on TV. I mean, I mean, come on now. I mean. You know, I respect him, you know, he's a, he was a badass independent wrestler for a long time. His last name is absolutely pristine. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I get that. Hey, easy there, relax. But, sir. Anyway, but anyway. We get okay. it, Piers. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, I'll tell you what was not pristine, and that's the beginning of Monday Night Raw, because... Oh my God! Uh, Adam Pierce is in the ring. Yep. To to make the announcement of uh, Raw's plans for Elimination Chamber, mm-hmm. and to help him make that announcement is Shane McMahon. And why? why exactly? Why is Shane McMahon back on? 
brawl for no reason whatsoever. None. And then, you know, as this segment's unfolding, I'm just getting more and more pissed off. Because, now, I have been watching Elimination Chamber since its inception. And my understanding of the purpose of that pay-per-view is to really set in, or start to set in stone the WrestleMania card. And after what I I have seen from this segment, I am more convinced than ever that WWE has no fucking clue what they're doing for WrestleMania. Um... Because no, they they don't announce they don't announce tournament matches or a beat the clock challenge mat situation to, to to determine who gets in the chamber. They announce who is going to be in the chamber. All six people were announced, and who might those six people be? Well, for all the fans. Well, let me let me just say this: all of these people are either current or former WWE champions, because we have Randy Orton mm-hmm. versus Jeff Hardy, okay, versus AJ Styles versus The Miz. Hear the river of tears as they flow down my face. <laughs> versus, versus Seamus versus Drew McIntyre. Now, here's my problem. Actually, I have many problems, but we're just... We're just... Okay. Sorry about that. I meant to mute myself. Sorry about that. Now, that's okay because my complaining will be heard tonight. My retribution on Monday Night Raw will be heard tonight. I see what you did there. My retribution. I see what you did there. Exactly. (laughs) See? (laughs) All right. So, let me break down my individual problems with the people in this match who I just named. Um, first of all, uh, Randy Orton. Uh, how many matches has he lost to Drew McIntyre? All of them. Well, yes, you're right. It, it, I, th- I believe it was three, but it felt more like 13. Okay. That's how that's how uninterested I am in seeing Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre again. Um and 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 by the way, we got it again this week. I I I, I just I can't do this shit anymore. It, it's just irrelevant. So so 
right there with Randy Orton, you wasted a spot because he has done nothing to earn a WWE championship match other than lose championship matches time and time and time again. So then we move on to the next person. We have Jeff Hardy. Oh my God. I am going to have an aneurysm. Are you, are you, are you, are you okay? No, no, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really not because somebody needs to help me. And I think it's time for me to go to confessional with Father Canella. Uh-oh, tell me your sins, my son. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not telling you my sins. I'm telling you WWE's yes. sins. Be- t- yes, t- tell me your because- sins, my son, because you're speaking, they're speaking through you. Go ahead. Holy fuck. No, no, correct me if I'm wrong, Father, and I apologize for cursing in confessional. Um, but, but hasn't Jeff Hardy been in, 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 in an irrelevant storyline with Elias and Jackson Riker for God knows how long? Yes, since last summer. Right, and in that time, what has he done to earn a WWE championship opportunity other than smoke weed in the back with Matt Riddle? Nothing. Okay, so and and as we discussed in the past, he even smoked weed during one of your confessional sessions. Oh my. So good God. Um so clearly someone on the creative team was smoking some good weed when they decided to put Jeff Hardy in the fucking elimination chamber. Damn. Give me a fucking break. Okay. That's okay. A, that's the second uh, person you you're on. Yes. Okay. No. Number 3. AJ Styles. Now I I don't have as big of a problem with AJ Styles being in the match other other than to say that th- this is where he should have been all along why was he why was he discussing his favorite romantic movies including the notebook and 51st dates and being stuck in the ring with people like Elias and Jackson Riker uh, along with um who else was it that wanted to earn a uh earn a Royal Rumble shot at, at AJ Styles. Oh, yes, I remember. Drew Gulak. So pretty much AJ, AJ Styles has been the gatekeeper of bullshit and not the gatekeeper of good shit, as Vince McMahon would, would claim. Um, <laughs> then we have the coup de gras of bullshit participants. Oh no! In the elimination chamber. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. The Miz is. <laughs> <laughs> that is so stupid. What? No, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now correct me if I'm wrong, uh, and I know I'm not wrong. But just play along. Uh, isn't the Miz the Money in the Bank contract holder? Yes. 
and now technically he, you could argue that he's a uh, uh, multiple time money in the bank contract winner of the same contract because he has lost this contract before only to be rewarded with it again for no reason. Sure. So, so despite all this convoluted crap um, that's going on with the Miz, the, the current money in the bank contract holder has been put in the chamber for the WWE Championship without having to cash in his money in the bank contract privilege. So why would he then co- choose to compete in the Elimination Chamber when he already has a guaranteed singles match Anytime he wants it. I don't get that. Like, just what you said, he can cash in anytime he wants. Yet he's in the elimination chamber. It makes no sense. But he he doesn't even have to cash in to get in the chamber. But the fact, the very fact that, that the money in the bank contract holder is in the Elimination Chamber for the WWE Championship is asinine, and this plot hole is bigger than the fucking Grand Canyon. (laughs) You know, I mean, hello! Triple H once made a a certain joke about flying a 747 through the Grand Canyon. To to take a quote from one of my favorite uh, women... On SmackDown. Ding dong. Hello. <laughs> exactly. Well, we agree with you. Well, let me let me improve on that. Ding dong. Hello, horse shit. Can somebody read this motherfucking script before it goes on the air? Jesus goddamn. I, I, I can't help myself. Well, 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 we're not family show. What's going on? <laughs> uh, and, and then... And then, as if as if it couldn't get any worse than the Miz, Sheamus rounds out the field, going against Drew McIntyre in the side of the elimination chamber. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, Elio. And, and once again, this is a rhetorical question, but I I would I would still like to get your religious opinion on this subject. All right, my son, go ahead. Now, now, didn't didn't Seamus deliver a bro kick last week um, to betray his best friend in order to gain uh, a championship opportunity he was already promised before he kicked his best friend in the face? Why, yes, he did. So, wait a minute. So, he got a a championship opportunity, which everybody thought he would cash in on at Elimination Chamber in a singles match against Drew McIntyre. Then, then, as if we weren't sure enough that that, um, he was going to get a championship, Championship match at Elimination Chamber. He broke kicks his best friend in the face for a good measure. Uh, and then after that, it's announced that 
that Sheamus is in the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE Championship. Is Sheamus the world's dumbest fuck? <laughs> I mean, he goes from a, sing- a guaranteed singles match to having to take... Having to take on five competitors in one of the most vicious matches in WWE history. What the fuck is this guy doing? I don't get this. Like I said before we went on air, this is going to be a stupid pay per view. Well, well, it's going to get more asinine as, as we move along, if you can believe that. Oh, God. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. So those are the five people that are in the chamber going going against Drew McIntyre. And even even Drew McIntyre uh, recognized how stupid this was because after this segment he goes up to uh, Shane and says, "You know, I already promised uh, Sheamus a, a match, and he kicked me in the face." And, you know, so we should just have that match at the pay-per-view. What are we doing? Uh, well, I agree with you, uh, Mr. McIntyre. But according to Shane, uh, you know, the road to WrestleMania needs to be big, big, big and make no sense whatsoever. Oh, my God. All right. So then, then after all this crap, we finally get into the first match of the evening. AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy. Um, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> might I raise a, uh, a question here live on the DNC Progression Wrestling Podcast? Uh, we, we have just established, literally before this match took place, that these two men are already in the chamber for a WWE championship match. And it sounds like I'm being redundant. It's because this whole fucking show is redundant. Um, But if they're already in the chamber, why are they competing against each other? Wait, was this just a regular match or was it for something? It was just a regular match. But why would would you... Why would you have these guys compete with each other when they're already guaranteed to be in the chamber? Why why did you have to announce the the contestants in the chamber? You you could have just had qualifying matches for the chamber and this could have been a qualifying match. And, and and hold on. Weren't they starting a feud between Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles a, a while back? If I'm not mistaken. I guess. I don't know. I remember uh, AJ introduced that system, the phenomenal, whatever, integrated scoring system or whatever. What, was, it to me- was it to measure how high Jeff Hardy was or how high the WWE creative team had to be? You don't remember this? Well, no, I do. That's why I came oh, back okay. with the joke. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, uh, no, but that's what I'm saying. Do you remember this, that they were starting a feud between these two? Yes, I do. So, I, I don't know if that's where they're going fine, but, uh, okay. 
for me, this was okay. But that's that's my point, Elio. Like, you know, you just spent all this time going around the rigmarole of the elimination chamber. Why not just have qualifying matches throughout the evening to see who gets in the chamber? Why is that so hard? Yep, I agree. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't understand. Mean, meanwhile, uh, backstage, Keith Keith Lee is is sitting is sitting back there, uh, getting uh, getting a history lesson on all the Airbud movies, courtesy of Matt Riddle. Oh, hold on. By the way, congratulations to Keith Lee and Mia Yim. Absolutely, a- absolutely. Uh, they. I, they just announced their engagement a couple uh, days ago, uh, and by all means, I am thrilled for them. Two of my favorite people on the roster, and I, I hope I hope your lives find some happiness uh, in in real life because you're certainly not getting it on WWE television. So. Uh, I- I do, I do have to say, um, in reference to Matt Riddle's uh, Air Bud uh, movies, I did yeah. watch Air Bud the other day. <laughs> Just putting that out there. The first one? Yeah, from yeah. 97, yep. Yeah, that's, that was one of my favorite movies as a kid. I judge like all those movies like with dogs and, and animals like that. It's just cool. Yeah, and... Um, I I'll tell you what I still mark out every time I see the the ending scene um from that movie on on YouTube where where he tears the the, the newspaper out of the out of the jackass clown's hands. <laughs> That's awesome! I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. he he he's like he's like turning his head back and forth. Then he's like he's like. Looking at the clown, then he goes, "No, no, wait, wait, up, motherfucker! I remember what you did." Then he turns <laughs> on. <laughs> exactly. So, an absolutely great movie, in, in my opinion. Like you know, that was that was right uh, down my alley uh, back yep. in the day. So yep, uh, very, I agree. But how it came up on Monday Night Raw. I'll never be able to understand. <laughs> oh, man, you know, what are you doing? First, AJ Styles is talking about his favorite rom-com movies. Now you're talking about your favorite movies. I'm sure Keith Lee really cares. And then match number two, T-Bar and Slapdick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm done with these two teams. I don't care. Versus Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. 10-31. I don't care. And look, the story that they're trying to tell between Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston from two years ago, I get I get it. I I'm sorry, I, hold on, hold on. Did you say Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston? No, I'm sorry. Xavier Woods and um Mustafa Ali. Okay. I'm sorry, I I uh, tripped over my words a little bit. Um, I don't want to see these these teams anymore, though. I'm done. Uh, well, no. I mean, I I just want to see the singles match between the two of yeah. them, and just like I don't need the rest of it with uh yep. with the rest of Retribution. I re- I really don't. Um, let's see. 
And then after this, holy God. Oh, no. Ric Flair, <laughs> Lacey Evans, and, and, and Charlotte Flair. Oh, my God. Make it fucking stop. And let me tell you something. The Nature Boy is on your screen every Monday night. In 2021, why? Because I'm the nature boy. Guess what? (laughs) I'm I'm the Benny boy, according to my... uh, Hey, don't get it. Don't get all upset because you're not on Monday Night Raw. Well, no, I'm not upset. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm upset with Rick Flair and Lacey Black and Evans being in a disgusting storyline, which using using the website that I'm using to do this review, um, uh, Rick Flair is being called Lacey Evans, quote unquote. Are you ready for this? Oh no. <laughs> Lacey Emmons is being called Rick's, and I quote, Sugar Granddaddy. <laughs> hey, she's just coming to the Nature Boy for all the knowledge. All the, all the knowledge of what? <laughs> exactly. <I don't> <laughs> oh my um, God, I just hate this storyline. <laughs> I hate it so much. I, I really, I really don't. No, get you it. know what? Hold on. I really wanted to see this match, though. I just hate that it went. Uh, it, it wasn't disqualification because of interference. But uh, okay, well in, in in that case, uh let me ask you a question because I'm genuinely curious now. Why would why would you want to see this match? I don't really see Evans in the Charlotte. Oh. Uh, oh my god, did you say you like Lacey Evans? No, I said Lacey Evans in Charlotte. I, I don't know, it's uh, kinda like uh well, it's not the same as Sheena Baszler and Charlotte Flair. Because I, I, I would, I would, I'd rather see more than this one. But I mean, I just don't want to see you no know, disqualification, disqualification matches, like these short matches that they give the women sometimes. Well, thought, well yes, this. But this I mean, whole... I like Charlotte Flair. Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's why I, I want to see. I want, I wanted, I. Want to see this match end uh, with a winner instead of a disqualification? Yes, but, but that's the thing. When you're involved in a stupid storyline like this, it takes precedent over anything like in ring related, and it just it drives me absolutely up a fucking wall. Um, let's see. And then, he, and then, back from commercial after the latest. Uh, family uh, after the latest family blow up between Charlotte and Rick, we have Edge who who is here to offer an update on his decision. Well, the only thing that he, that he said was we're going to wait till after Elimination Chamber to make my decision. Now, is it just me um, or or should Edge's decision have, have already been made, like, right after the Royal Rumble? 
Well, they still have uh, two months left. So, but yeah, if you're gonna wait till after elimination shaper, you're cutting it short. Well, and, and and not and not only that, but but here here's the thing. So you completely uh, shortchange whoever wins the elimination chamber match because you still have you still have Edge on the brain as to you know him being on the back burner of like okay well he he might challenge this guy or he might challenge that guy or or whatever but see. My thing is just simplify it because the only brand that that Edge has been on previous to his world tour last week was Monday Night Raw. So he to me he should have automatically challenged Drew McIntyre for the for the for the belt. Because there's nothing for him over on SmackDown. And and you're not you, you are never gonna convince me in a million fucking years that that a WWE Hall of Famer is gonna challenge for the NXT Championship at Mania. Like, give me a fucking break. Yeah, but uh, he's playing games with Roman Reigns. Why would he play games with him? <laughs> I, I don't. I I don't know. To genuinely piss off the fan base. You know, I I really don't understand why so many people want to see Edge versus Reigns. I, I really don't because I, I I did like that promo when he went out. Reigns said that that was cool. Yeah, and agreed. And I'm not saying it doesn't have potential to be a good match, but I'm just saying yeah. like, you know, I I really think that um, I really think that they can do better. Um, for Edge at WrestleMania, than to put him in a losing situation against uh, Roman Reigns. Okay. I mean, because correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the whole storyline with Edge's return about him getting redemption for the championship he never lost? Yes. Well, okay. Well, I can, I can, I can roll with with uh, with the redemption with the redemption spiel. What I, what I can't roll with is is him challenging for the title he never lost. One because that challenge that championship no longer exists. But two, in order to gain your quote unquote retribution you're going to have to beat the hottest heel that this company has seen in years who's on the absolute run of his career mm-hmm. and can't and can't afford to lose but yet you you expect me to entertain the possibility that that edge is going to beat reigns at wrestlemania like that's that's not going to happen and by virtue of the fact that I can't buy into that, you're not only doing a disservice to Edge, but you're doing a bigger disservice to Roman Reigns. Because he did, there's, no, there's no way in hell that you can convince me under any, under any circumstances that Reigns should lose that belt at WrestleMania. There's no way in hell. So... All of this could have been easily, you know, uh, 
dealt with by just having Edge come out and and challenge his brand's champion. Edge Edge versus the versus Drew McIntyre. Like what's what's so difficult about that? I really I really don't understand. Uh, speaking of not understanding Damian Priest versus Angel Garza with you, my <laughs> co-host, made an appearance on Monday Night Raw. And, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to take this time to introduce to you live and in living color right here on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We have procured an interview with the miraculous with, with the miraculously Canadian Bad Bunny. And my my first question, Mr. Bunny <laughs> would be I I thought you were a Latin American. Yeah, I am but you but you speak with a Canadian accent. What the hell is going on? Did you get did you get some did you get some lessons from Kofi Kingston from back in the day? Yeah, I studied many of his tapes. Oh shit, <laughs> that's not good. And your report your performance on Monday Night Raw. It was uh, spectacular, was it not? No, it wasn't. Just like you. <laughs> It just like your music absolutely sucks. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Oh, well, just because I'm not kissing your ass just like everybody else you come in contact with who thinks your music is amazing. I'm here, I'm here to tell you, sir, that um, I couldn't understand one single fucking word. Um... I looked you up on YouTube in preparation for this very interview and was forced to listen to more bad buddy bullshit um, in preparation. And I have to tell you, they call you an award-winning, groundbreaking artist. I must disagree. Holy shit. (laughs) What's well, so, your opinion, sir? <laughs> you're, you're damn right it's my opinion because it's my show, you ignorant motherfucker. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Mr. Bunny, for your time. You're right welcome. Here. Would you like an autograph? No. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, me a, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Autograph my door on your way out, and don't let the door hit you on the hit you on the ass on the way out. You stupid motherfucker. <laughs> maybe maybe you can write the lyrics to Booker T in English so I can actually understand what the fuck you're saying. <laughs> Good God! Moving oh. <laughs> <laughs> on. But no, but I, I like Damien Priest. I uh, I think he, he I he, I like. Uh, I, I'm a fan. Yeah. 
I, I, I absolutely am. I mean, I nope. just, I, I just don't like your involvement with, with, with <laughs> Mr. Priest. Get I'm the sorry, fuck off! I'll, I'll try to stay out of his business. <laughs> and and fix your hairdo, you stupid! You know what the hell is this? You look like you got earmuffs on the back of your head. What the what the goddamn? My bad. <laughs> All right. So anyway. We're just gonna. Unfortunately, we're we're gonna. Uh, uh, we finally get a highlight of the night. Actually, I meant to say, fortunately, Matt Riddle versus Keith Lee was really, really good. I have to say. Yep, I uh, agree. Uh, speaking of something that was not so good, we now must address. And parental advisory is strongly suggested for this next segment because we must we must once again discuss Nia Jax and her hole. Oh my god! You know what? I okay. I heard about this, but when I actually went back to watch it Monday, because I watched this once it's over, like around eleven, twelve a.m. when I'm when I'm about to go to sleep, I get my iPad and I watch rock because I have it recorded. Right. And I couldn't believe I actually heard her say that when she said, I'm like, wait, I had to rewind it. Like, did she really just say that? <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, it was, it was terrible. Oh my God. <laughs> oh God. And with that, we're just going to keep rolling here. I never heard anyone say anything like that before. Wow. Okay, moving on. <laughs> it, it, it was it, it was absolutely terrible, and uh, and I really, uh, we didn't have enough to cover the match within the match. And as as was the main event, Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre again. No. That how many times is this? I, this is like the the fourth time now. 40th? That's what it felt like. <laughs> Jeez, Good I, God. Uh, it's the same thing every week. Fuck. Okay. All Go right. On. And I finally get a chance to take a sip of my Mountain Dew, and I, I feel like I need it after running through Monday Night Raw. Elio, why don't, why don't you take us over to uh, AEW Dynamite? AEW Dynamite, why don't I just pull up the results for that one? And here we go. So, Dynamite this week, one week removed from their beach break, which wasn't much of a break. Uh, no. So, we start the show with a TNT Championship match. Darby Allen defeating Joey Janela in 9 minutes and 50 seconds. Ben... How many times would you say Darby Allen has defended the championship since he's had it? I think this is the first time, was nope. it not? This is only the second time. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> against against Joey Janela, nonetheless, and I have to ask because I would ask this if this was WWE television. So in in the interest of fairness, I have to do the same for AEW. What has Joey Janela done to earn a chance at the TNT title? Nothing. 
yeah, I, this was just odd. Yeah. Then we had the Nightmare Family, Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson defeating Cesar Bononi and Peter Avalon in eight minutes forty-seven seconds. You know, I was I was happy for Lee Johnson. He got a cool moment. Um, he needs to work on his mic skills, though. Well, absolutely. Yeah. My, the bigger question that I have, and. Uh, this might come across as me being an asshole, but I really don't mean it that way. Um, why is Cody Rhodes involved in these nothing feuds? What are they doing with Cody Rhodes? Because I, Cody Rhodes feels like he has to be involved in every single thing. I don't know why. Like, just, you know, like he doesn't have to be in every storyline. Like, he. He has but, one storyline here. He has one storyline this way. He has one storyline this way. It's like, stop. But, I mean, why are you in the ring with Peter Avalon and Cesar? <laughs> right. right. Uh, well, actually, it's uh, Lee Johnson was actually is actually the one who was uh, feuding with Peter Avalon. But but still, you know, I don't watch and be, dark. And, and, and because Lee Johnson's part of the Nightmare Family. Yeah, what, and, what, and what, did he, what did he do to earn that distinction? I don't understand it. That's another thing. Why are they adding people? They added two more to the Nightmare Family. They added uh, Aaron Solo and Nick Comaroto, two guys from AEW Dark. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, unless unless Cody Rhodes has some caveman heritage, I, I, what, I don't know. I don't understand. This is supposed to be some cool faction, but I'm not, uh, I, I don't think it. anything about it is cool. Well, it's not. Uh, yeah. I, uh, it's starting to resemble 2000 NWO. I was just about to say that. <laughs> if you give me two more seconds, I would have said that myself. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I stole Elio's thunder on his own segment. <laughs> See what I did there? Then next, we had Pac defeating Ryan Namath in four minutes and 20 seconds. Ben, what do you think of uh, Baby Dolph? Um, I prefer his big brother. Yeah, I don't like this. I I'm not seeing anything with this guy. I I don't I don't get it. Nope. Then we had the inner circle, Chris Jericho and MJF defeating the acclaimed. They gave this one through nine minutes and two seconds. Now, the highlight in this match, the end, the end of the match, Sammy Guevara quits the inner circle. After an earlier segment where he caught MJF recording their conversation and he punched him in the gut. And MJF, MJF went down like a sack of potatoes. Yeah, I um, I don't know what they're doing with the inner circle. And if this is the end of the inner circle, what a waste of great talent. Now, uh, now Ben, no. um, oh, go on. You know, because like I was, I was intrigued when MJ, when MJF beat Chris Jericho to earn the right to join the inner circle. I, 
I thought that this could open the door for um, some very interesting, uh, interesting power plays between the two of them. Okay. Um, now, granted, they could still do some stuff with it because they just executed the split with Sammy. Um, but just based on where I see it going, um, they really missed an opportunity with the inner circle because that's, that stable started out really hot, but I would, I would go as far as to say that since the end of Jericho's feud with, um, with Orange Cassidy, um, the inner circle has not been the same. Okay. Now, next we have, now, I don't know if you saw this, but AEW is having the Women's World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Stop. Just, just, just stop. Now, do you, did you see all the participants in this tournament? Uh, no, because one... One side is the uh, the American side, and the other side, I believe, is the Japanese co- competitors. And that side, they're going to show on Monday night on YouTube at 7 p.m. And I have the list for both sides. Tell me who you recognize out of the Japanese side, okay? Okay. Asia Kong. I recognize her. Yuka Sakazaki. No. I recognize her. She was on AEW in the, the early AEW episodes when it first uh, started. Uh, Venny. Nope. Emmy Sakura. Oh, oh, Emmy Sakura, yes. Ryo Mizunami. Uh, nope. Mei Sugura. Nope. Rin Kadokura. Nope. And Maki Ito. No. You see? And then we have the American side. We have Serena Deeb, Riho, yep. Britt Baker, Taika. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, whoa. Well, back up, back up. Why would Rhea... Okay, I am legitimately confused. Why would Riho be on the American side? Yeah, I don't get that. Huh? I don't... I'm guessing because she's involved with Kenny Omega. I don't know. What? Since when? What? He's the one that books the women's division. Um, well, Kenny, uh, you might want to uh, check Riho's passport again, buddy, because she's a... Uh, last time I checked, she belongs on the Japanese side there, bro. So we have um, Britt Baker, Ty Conti, Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose, Anna Jay, and Layla Hirsch. Which uh, Layla Hirsch, of course, is has been eliminated as she lost to Thunder Rosa in this next match in nine minutes sixteen seconds. So we can cross but, Layla Hirsch off of that. But like that's my question, right? So. So, you know, you guys know my complaints with AEW's women's division, so I don't have to I don't have to get back into that. 
because that would add another hour to this podcast. And quite frankly, <laughs> quite frankly, it's it's Saturday night, and I want to go to sleep a little bit earlier than usual. However, um, you know the 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 talent disparity between the upper and lower portions of the women's division is staggering, uh, and I I think. I think, in particular, uh, when you look at some of those names on the American side, uh, you really get an idea of of the weakness of AEW's women's division because you expect me to believe that Nyla Rose is on the same level as Thunder Rosa um, or Ty, or Ty Conti is on the same level as a Serena Deeb. Uh, like, give me a break. So if if those combinations meet in the tournament, it's a dead giveaway as to who's going to win. So then why would you have that tournament in the first place? Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm, I'm not stupid. Uh, my, my assumption uh, as to part of the reasoning why they're, why they're having this tournament is because they have just uh, re- talking about AEW as a company now. Uh, they have just recently secured MJPW as part of an international uh, partnership. And there's also one, uh, yeah, they because there's a show on uh, that website uh, that I use for MJPW uh, called Stardom. Yeah, and uh, I, I've I've heard of that company myself as well. So, you know, but um, AEW's women's division just leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's struggling there. This Definitely. this brings us to our main event: a Falls Count Anywhere match. Kenny Omega and Kenta defeating John Moxley and Lance Archer in 19 minutes and 57 seconds. I I thought this was this was a pretty cool uh, you know melee. What did you think? It it was up and up and down. There was some good, and some bad. I think uh, towards the end it started falling apart. Yeah, I mean, I I I can definitely agree with you there, but I. I, I will say that I enjoyed the unpredictability of it. You know, yeah, I, thought, I, I, I haven't seen like a false count anywhere match like on when he shows in a while. Like, well, well, I mean, like uh, the like what we saw on uh, AEW because uh, where they went to like the backstage area, the kitchen, and stuff like that. Right. You know, because usually we see them, we see them there. Either in backstage in a hallway, or they're like using like golf carts and stuff. Right, right. And we have Adam Page riding a horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! I gotta talk about that Adam Page and Matt Hardy. What you think of that segment? You know, I wasn't sold on it uh, at first. Um, talking about the whole partnership, but I I did enjoy that segment. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And you see how um, Matt Hardy's like, come here, come here, come here. This is why I have you here. And you see Adam Page, he, he's smart. He knows what Hardy's up to. <laughs> you see how he pulled out another piece of paper and he, saw, and he was like signing on that paper? Yeah. 
So I think he signed something else instead of that contract. He making Matt Hardy think he signed the contract when he really didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's going to be an interesting. He knows uh, what's going on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, so that is uh, AEW Dynamite for this week. I'm going to throw it back to my co-host for NXT. I've not seen this yet, Ben, so I'm going to just follow along here. Okie dokie. Let me pull up the uh, the results. You, you know, I... um. I uh, the last couple of weeks I've I've been really impressed with NXT and the and the Dusty Rhodes tag team uh, tournament. I really I really enjoyed it. So okay. um, first up we had Legado del Fantasma versus MSK. I I swear you know if I tried to go move by move through these matches I would I would get really. Um, I would get really confused, and I I apologize if it's a if yeah, it's a less than uh, analytical. Don't even try. Don't uh, even try because I need, don't even try because I want to go back and actually watch this, and because uh, this uh, looks like a good match, and I'm a, a great match, and I am a fan of MSK. Yeah. So I'm what, what I'm going to say is this. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the listeners the same advice I'm I'm giving to Elio right now simultaneously as you're listening to this. Um, just just really uh, enjoy the match because I was I was very impressed with this and um, I I have very high hopes for MSK and uh, NXT. I, I really enjoy what they're doing. Okay. Um, Next up, we had Cora Jade versus or Cora Jade. I'm sorry, uh, versus Zia Lee. Um, this uh, this new presence that Zia uh, uh, Lee and Boa have um, taking over them is, is very interesting, and um, and just the power that this being wields over them in, in terms of getting Zaylee to attack her now former friends, uh, Casey and uh, and um, Kaden. And it's, it's very interesting. So, like, I'm not sold on the actual character, um, you know, of of this of this being. Um, but having said that, I really like the presentation of Zaylee. So, no. sorry, go on. You know, this has been a complete repackaging for her, and I think she really needed it. And um, I'm in, I'm impressed with with her work in in this role. Um, I'm not I'm not really I'm not really sold on the deity. Under which she she serves, but I'm I'm sure more of that story will be told as we move further along. Now, Ben, um, what do you think of Cora Jade? Honestly, I I I haven't seen enough of her to form an opinion, okay. uh, be, because and especially this match because I mean it was just a squash match. She didn't do anything, so. Um, I would have to see her in a much more competitive situation. I was actually uh, looking up info on her. This is not in the spotlight. I'm just look because um, 
I do have uh, news about the women's uh, Dusty Classic. Uh, both her and uh, Gigi Dolan are out. They lost to Candice LeRae and Lee Hartwell on 205. Yeah, well, well I, f- I figured that when... Um, I really when, I really hate that they're doing showing these some of these matches on 205. I mean, who watches 205? Not, not, not that I'm just like, you know... Like who watches two oh five? I I know I don't watch it. Well, I, well, I don't either. And and it was a dead giveaway that they were eliminated when Candice uh, LeRae and uh, Indy Hartwell faced off with Ember and Shotzi in the next match. Um, however, however, I do have a quick uh, side note trivia on uh, Cora Jade. What's she that? she also wrestled two matches in AEW. October 7th, she lost to Red Velvet on a AEW dark taping. And uh, on October 22nd, she, uh, under, the name, uh, under her name, Elena Black, she teamed with Layla Hirsch in losing to Brandy Rose and Red Velvet. So she's had AEW on her resume as well. Uh, okay, well, hopefully, um, hopefully NXT works out better for her. Yep. Um, and, uh, next up we had, uh, we had, uh, the aforementioned, uh, Candace LeRae and Indy Harwell versus Ember and Chati. And I was actually surprised that Ember and Chati got the victory on this one. Um, I, uh, I really, um, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Ember and Shotzi as a tag team. I'm more of a fan of uh, Shotzi Blackheart in a singles capacity. Yep. Um, but uh, but having said that, they did a really nice job in this match, especially later on. I have a question. So um, I, 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 I forgot. Um, Casey and Kaden are out? Uh, yeah. I really want, I really want them to win. Um, I believe they're out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're out. I, I now remember they lost to Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Ah, okay, now I really want Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai to win. Well, and for me, that's the entire purpose of having this tournament yep. built around them. I think it's very obvious that they're going to win. It's Raquel, um, Raquel Gonzalez. Not Raquel Gonzalez, it's Raquel. Okay, 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 <laughs> uh, okay, okay there, Mr. Bunny, my Latin lover boy. Get the, get, get, what, get stuck what, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Focus move on move the, along, move along with your review. <laughs> Focus on the podcast, man. Um. <laughs> Uh, next up was Kushida versus Austin Theory. Uh, the the way did not have a good night uh, as Johnny Gargano was exposed for not having a broken arm uh, despite uh, Kushida putting him through a, through a door. I'm still and not just, a fan of Austin Theory. Uh, well, no, and, and especially with that speaking out movement stuff. It, yeah. I just, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, 
And I, I honestly was very disappointed with the main event. Uh, Grizzled Young Veterans versus Timmy Th- Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. Oh. Um, I, mean, I mean, it was good, but I was expecting a classic, and it just wasn't. So I was disappointed. Now let me ask you, do you like this? these guys as a team, Thatcher and Ciampa? Yes. Okay. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, no, no, I agree. I like. I, I think it's. A, I think it's an interesting team because uh, the Dusty Classic is made up of. It has always has been made up in like past years. It's always been made up of like makeshift teams. Teams are just thrown together. Like there are no, no really real actual teams. But I think these two. Uh, were two guys thrown together that could actually make a an actual team. Yeah, I I, I, I can see that for sure. Um, and then uh, so uh, we we will uh, throw it over to Elio for his take on Friday night. I know, oh my God. Uh, well, I, I did Monday Night Raw, so now you had to suffer through SmackDown. Oh, yeah. no, I know I'm saying this show. Uh, uh, well, I agree. Absolutely. I, 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 was, I was hoping for like something, but uh, fuck. Yeah. We, 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 we had the opening segment. We had Batman Pierce uh, in the ring, and out comes Roman Reigns. And Pierce uh, informs him that he'll be defending his championship at Elimination Chamber. To which Paul Heyman says, well, you said my client will be defending his championship at Elimination Chamber. But you didn't say he has to defend inside the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, well, that's just a chicken shit heel thing. And uh, um, so apparently... uh, uh, Pierce exits the ring, and then uh, Roman Reigns corners him. He's asking who he thinks he is, and uh, the segment just ends there, whatever. And then that brings us to our first match. Oh, by the way, he we were informed that there will be qualified matches to decide who the six participants in the chamber will be. But, okay, all right, and can I say something to that? Go ahead. At the very least, they had matches to determine who was in the chamber. So I give them that. That's what they should have done in in a singles capacity on Monday Night Raw, not just okay. announce or or not even announce. That's not the word I want to use. The word I want to use would be anoint. Yeah. They just anointed magically who's going to be in the chamber and uh, – Oh, how did they get there? Oh, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody's going to pay attention. (laughs) It's it's the road to WrestleMania. That's all anyone cares about. Fuck you, you. (laughs) It's called called storytelling. Put a little effort into the most important time of your fucking year, you fucking sons of bitches. (laughs) Damn. Ben, tell us how you really feel, sir. God. at the very least, we had a little bit of that on uh, on SmackDown, but somebody on God's green earth has to ex- explain to me why the hell would you have 
tag team matches to determine who gets in the cell for a singles championship, let alone a world title. <laughs> Who's going to be working together in that motherfucking scenario? Yeah, right? So, here's the first of those matches with Baron Corbin. I'm not calling him King Corbin because I'm sick of this King bullshit. Baron Corbin and Sami Zayn defeating Dominic and Rey Mysterio. Well, okay. All right. Well, as much as I'm a fan of of Rey Mysterio, and I I really am impressed with how Dom has done so far, uh, I have to to say this, Elio, and I, I, I hate saying this, to tell you the truth. Okay. Um... I couldn't give less of a shit about the Mysterios in this scenario. Oh, I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, well, small forms of entertainment and what's not so entertaining on SmackDown. So. But that was entertaining, unlike the wrestling this week. No, you didn't. No. What? And, and no, because... Because, you know, who's going to believe that father and son are going to go up against no, each other? No, no, and- you said, I, I, I said I found what you said more entertaining than uh, the, this week's wrestling. Uh, oh, okay. Then I misheard you then. Okay, very yeah. good. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, nobody's going to believe that, that Dom and Ray are going to win in this scenario and then have to go face each other in one of... WWE's most violent uh, matches, you know. So to me, it was a dead giveaway. Yep. Because why would a babyface father and son beat the shit out of each other? Like, you, know, <laughs> you know, that's just so it, it's not believable for them to be in in the chamber for that reason. And let alone uh, dumb being in any championship scenario at his age is ridiculous. Yep. So it was a dead giveaway. Then we had Big E defeating Shinsuke Nakamura by disqualification when Apollo Crews just laid out Big E. Now, prior to this match, Apollo comes out to answer Big E's challenge, and Big E tells him, Nope, you had your chance and you lost. So. I'm gonna. I'm giving a the opportunity to the next challenger. Apollo refuses to leave. Now, did we see Apollo turn heel? Because I, I, the way it looked, I'm gonna say yes. Yes, I believe we did. Now, absolutely. I, I, I actually, I wouldn't mind seeing this feud. Apollo and Biggie could be good. Yeah. I, oh, uh, that that feud's gonna be very, very good. Now, was it just me, or was, did they did they have issues with the audio at the beginning? Because I swear I could hear yeah. Big I could hear Biggie actually talking in like an echo. Yes, I I noticed that myself. Okay. Yeah, they were they were having some some uh, technical difficulties. Okay. Then we had Bailey defeating Liv Morgan win. My girl, of course, did, babe, Billy Kane distracted Ruby Riot. Oh, what do, do we okay? <laughs> do we have to go through this on a weekly 
fucking racist. Why? I mean, I get she's Canadian. I get that she's. Oh, who's know, Canadian? Wait, what? Or, Wait, you know, what? what, what Billy, I, Billy Key's not Canadian. Well, well, you wish that she was, and I, I just, it's ridiculous. Your fascination with the Iconics needs to die. Uh, no, it doesn't. It's iconic. And just like you, I'm going to turn you off now. Where the fuck is the mute button on this stupid <laughs> bitch? Please jump at my co-host thinks he muted me. Wow. Alright, here you go. You think he muted me there? Did you mute me? I did. Wow. Because I don't know if you know this, but you could still you could still hear me. You 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 muted yourself, sir. (laughs) Oh, shut up. What? Move on, move on. (laughs) Don't worry, Billy. I got your back. Okay. Uh, I'm sure. (laughs) Then we had the Street Profits defeating the Alpha Academy. Okay, I'm done with these four. Nobody gives a shit. No, and uh, this team I really, uh, I like, but uh, I like, we had Cesaro and Daniel Bryan defeating Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. You know what? I like Cesaro, uh, Daniel Bryan, I'm kind of done. Um, well, I, I really like Cesaro. Um, yeah. So, so from, from that perspective, it, it's fine. Yeah. So that was uh, SmackDown this week. Uh, ugh, the show. Why? why? They, they have one more week. They better get... We're, we're, I, I, just, I tell already that we're going to get the same crap next week for the go-home shows. And, and, keep, keep, and keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, Elimination Chamber is not the go-home pay-per-view to WrestleMania. We still got one more after that, and that's Fastlane. Which which lessens the importance of Elimination Chamber even further. Oh, hold on. let me check something here quick on the fly research. I'm curious of something. Elimination Chamber. Okay. Um, that's not a bad poster. Okay. Um, fast lane. Let's take a look at fast lane. That is. Oh wow. Fastlane is on March 21st. Oh, for fuck's sake. Can we focus on... <laughs> uh, can we focus on making your existing storylines important and not on these fucking useless pay-per-views? I, oh my god, are you kidding Jesus me? Christ. You know, I... You know, you, there are look. Let's 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 play devil's advocate comparison here. I love that movie. Go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a great movie. I agree. Um, however, um, go ahead. 
the thing is, I just really feel that WWE's pay-per-view calendar is so overloaded that it makes it hard for me to give a single shit. If they if they went back to the old way of doing pay-per-views, that would be so much better. Because if you look at like AEW on the other side of things, right? I'm not blind to AEW shortcomings. Uh, we discuss them nearly every, every single week on the AEW review. I am not an AEW fanboy. Um, what, what I am is a fan of how important AEW Dynamite seems on a, on a damn near weekly basis. They'll have an off show here or there and, you know, Earlier in the year, they went through a real uh, dry spell um, talking about, and uh, at some point in 2020, they were having a hard time, I thought. But but by itself, AEW is so much more important, and their weekly television carries so much more significance because they only have four yearly pay-per-views, which gives them time to build stories, which means that you can have hiccups along the way and and not be hurt so much by them. When you when you have a 12, uh, you know, 13 pay-per-view uh, schedule uh, going month to month to month, it's just, you're not going to convince anybody that those particular pay-per-views are important outside of outside of the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, in my opinion, because now those are the only two pay-per-views, in in my opinion, that hold any kind of historical significance anymore, because the concept of special when it comes to professional wrestling has become so bastardized. Um, what do you think? What do you think about that? All right, sorry, I, I had uh, muted myself for a minute there. Um, yeah, this uh, there. I just did some quick math. Then, between January and March, how many months is that? That's three months. In three months, we we have a total of four pay-per-views, and all so cl- one so close to the next. We had Royal Rumble on the thirty-first. We have NXT Takeover tomorrow, which is the February fourteenth. We have Elimination Chamber next week, and we have Fastlane on the twenty-first of March. God, well, you know, at, at the very least, you'll get more. You'll get much more of the PNC Progression Wrestling podcast to get you through the bullshit that is <laughs> wrestling television. I'm telling you, this podcast is more entertaining than the product itself. Well, well, yes, because if if it, if it wasn't, we would have to get the fuck off the air because yeah. that would just mean we suck. And um, by by judging from our analytics, uh, you guys 
genuinely don't think we suck. So um, we have had uh, to put ourselves over and, and really more of the fans at this point. Um, I just checked our analytics in detail earlier today. Oh, okay, and what do we have? And aside from the numbers, which I just mentioned uh, earlier, uh, we have had visitors from eight different countries on this podcast. Ooh. So we uh, we really do appreciate it, and um, and hopefully our our opinion on professional wrestling and our brand of entertainment um, helps helps keep you in love with with pro wrestling the way uh, this show helps keep helps me keep my hope alive for the future of professional wrestling. So uh, I can assure you the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast is going no is going nowhere but up in the future, and we are just getting started. So thank you very, very much for uh, jumping on board with us, and, and we hope to keep you for the long run. So thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Now, Ben, um, what should we do? Because should we do um, NXT TakeOver first, or should we introduce the new segment to the show? Uh, let's do the new segment first, and then we'll... we'll oh, no, wait. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There's uh, NXT. Should we do NXT TakeOver Vengeance, the new segment, or should we do War to Serve the Score? Let's do let's do the new segment first, then we'll do war to settle the score, and then we'll we'll do the ending part. All right. So, new segment is starting this week and every week moving forward. This is Ben's homework corner. This is where Professor Canella will take a classic match and give that match to my pupil here, Mr. Pierce, to watch within the week and next week and the following week after that, I will get his thoughts on the matches that I gave him to watch. Right. And let's take a look at what I have for you this week. Actually, you know what? I'm going to give you the one that I was watching last night because while you were watching SmackDown, I went back to October 17th, 1983, and I was watching Jimmy Superfly Snuka versus Magnificent Don Morocco for the Intercontinental Championship inside of a steel cage, live from Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that, uh, wasn't that the show that Mick Foley was at? Yes, sir, it was. Yeah, so I, I'm very excited to take a look at that. All so right, I and... Um, and uh, now I gave you the the choice to uh, watch because some of these matches are going to be the whole show or just the match itself. I gave you the choice to watch uh, either one, the whole show or the match. Only the one match. So you said you're going to do the whole show, which is available on YouTube. I will uh, sh- give you the link for that. Okay, cool. Now, um, okay, and uh, on to war to settle the score. This was the one I just gave you off the cuff to watch this past week. Ben, what you think? I um, um, this was Roddy Piper versus Hulk Hogan. I really, I, I really enjoyed this one. 
Um, to tell you the truth, um, as I was telling you off the air, um, to me, if I if I hadn't realized it, it was a it, it was a wrestling match, I would have thought that it, it was like a um, Muhammad Ali fight, based on not only the pop the pomp and circumstance of you know the eighties wrestling uh, you know rock connection kind of thing. Um, but just the crowd uh, reaction and how, and how excited everybody was. Um, and y- you know how, how we always say that wrestling needs to feel real despite the fact that we all know it is a predetermined um, kind of uh, choreographed situ- situation. Uh well, at the very beginning of Hogan versus Piper, this thing felt like a knockdown, drag out brawl from beginning to end. Um, you know, they were going after each other before the bell, um, and it, it, it just it felt like a big deal. And so much of wrestling nowadays just doesn't feel like it has that real emotion attached to it. Um, so from from that perspective, I really appreciated it. Um, now from from the actual uh, wrestling perspective, I didn't I didn't see what I would call scientific wrestling because as, as I said it, it came light. But um, I did notice a couple of, of different things uh, that definitely got my attention. And ab- about at the, I think it was the 11 minute 27 mark, um, Hogan had gotten up from being uh, beaten up by Piper for an extended period of time. And that crowd roar was absolutely ridiculous. Um, for for my own uh, personal comparison, I have not heard a pop like that since 2002 when Triple H came back from his touring quad. Um, that and when... Uh, when Hogan uh, came came back to w, came back to WWE, um, those were the two occasions that I could um, compare to the pop that he received when he got back up. Uh, that was just ridiculous. And then, of course, everything went to hell uh, in a handbasket with with just it was a melee. After, after the bell and everybody was getting in there you know you had you had Mr. T you had uh, Cindy Lauper trying to get involved and, and Lou, Alba- Lou Albano was trying to, to get Cindy Lauper off the apron you, you got um, you got Cowboy Bob Orton and his, and his infamous cast who had been taken out earlier in the match he was replaced by somebody whose name is escaping my attention at the moment. 
but the whole thing was a melee. After, after the match, um, you know, uh, Howard Finkel's trying to announce the winner on this on this vintage cool as hell microphone. I really like the microphone they use. That was a microphone they used to use a lot back then. I I was I was such a nerd for that, you know, because I I actually really um, got a kick out of that. Um, and um, so Finkel's trying to uh, to announce the the winner in the midst of this melee, and then uh, Hogan t- Hogan kind of. I can't even say takes the mic, but maneuver he maneuvers this massive thing away from um, Finkel and is telling Piper to get his ass back in the ring. Um, I don't know if the match continued after that. I don't think it did. I think they just kind of ran away. But uh, but in terms of so it wasn't the wrestling that I am familiar with. It, it was, it was a, it was a very different style. You can see a lot of that in uh, this in my classroom, sir. Um, because I would say that my that my wrestling, uh, you know, knowledge came to fruition in like the mid to. Uh, late nineties, you know, because as as I've as I've told um, everyone before on this show, uh, the first uh, the first time I saw wrestling, I was three years old in ninety one, and then like the time that I started to like understand it and 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 really get involved in in the storylines. Was around you know ninety five ninety six, um, and, and the f- the the first time I fully understood what was happening um, was was the night after Stone Cold Steve Austin won uh, the the Royal Rumble in ni- in ninety six when he when he came out and cut that promo. I'm sorry, who won the Royal Rumble? Or, um, or, no, no, it wasn't. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I meant to say when, when after, you went King of the Ring, I think. Or, or yeah, I'm sorry. What did I say? I thought I said King you, you said Royal Rumble. Okay, well, I have Royal Rumble on the brain. I gotta, <laughs> it's okay. It's WrestleMania season, but yeah, after, um, after he beat Jake the Snake, uh, nope. King of the Ring 96, that was the first time where it's like, okay. I understand what's going on because I was, you know, eight years old at the time versus three. Um, you know, three years old, I was just kind of enamored with what was going on. Uh, but, you know, I, so I needed a little bit of time to uh, kind of get myself acclimated. But, um, you know, I just, but long story short, I'm just not familiar with the 80s style of wrestling. Um, Get ready, sir. So, uh, so these assignments that you are uh, handing out, uh, let's just say they're a lot more fun than the homework I'm used to doing. Um, Now, uh, before we move on, I'm actually going to 
this aired, this aired on MTV. This was the only match that aired on MTV. There was an, this was part of an actual full show, but they only aired the one match on television. So I have the list of uh, dark matches that uh, took place on this on this show. Okay, cool. So the first one we had Moondog Spot uh, and Rick McGraw. Uh, when that was the first match wait, that wait went to a Moon draw. Dog Spot. Moon Dog Spot. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I, I thought you. I I thought there was a uh, Star Trek reference. No, in there. no, Moon, Moon Dog Spot. Uh, there was a tag team called the Moon Dogs in the eighties. Okay. So lost them up. Him and uh, Rick McGraw went to draw in the second match. It was Johnny Rods defeating Jose Luis Rivera. Hillbilly Jim defeats Rene Goulet in a singles match for the Women's Championship. Leilani Kai defeated Cindy Lauper, defeated the Wendy Rector, Cindy Lauper in Rector's corner while Fitness Mula was in Leilani Kai's corner. Okay. David Sammartino defeated Moondog Rex. He's the other half of the Moondogs. We had Nikolai Volkov defeating Sweet Hansen. Jimmy Snooker defeated Bob Orton. Paul Orndorff defeated Tony Atlas. For oh, so the, Paul, Paul Orndorff had a busy night because he was involved in the uh, in the melee with Hogan at the end. For the tag team championships, the U.S. Express, Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo along with uh, Captain Lou Albano in their corner, defeating the Spoiler and the Assassin. Then we had Don Morocco defeating Salvatore Bellomo, and of course, the main event was Hogan defeating Piper. Yeah, um, it sounds like like an interesting card. I mean, I I can definitely uh, see why MTV would only air that one match, because that one match would have universal uh, appeal but um the wrestling fan in me is, is, is very intrigued by the rest of it because like i said i had never even heard of the moon dogs so all right now i give you another show to watch brawl to end it all which uh, you are going to watch um before our our uh, results show on tuesday night yes so we will. Um, so if you want me to give you the rundown for that one, I can uh, do that before we move on to the next. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, don't spoil anything, but you give me an idea of what I'm looking at. So, the, again, like like um, the Warriors Seller score, this was one match that aired on MTV and a whole bunch of a whole set of dark matches. So in the first match, we have Sika versus Ron Shaw. Oh, that's an interesting match. Iron Sheik versus Tony Gurria. Oh, this was a throwback card. For the Intercontinental Championship, it will be the champion Tito Santana versus Cowboy Bob Orton. Uh-huh. Mr. Orton, Mr. Orton is making the rounds here. Now, this took place in 1984. The one you saw took place in 85. Next, we have Bob Backlund versus Paul the Butcher Vachon. 
Where have I heard that name before? Have you heard of uh, Mad Dog Bashan? Yeah. Okay, this is his brother. Okay, cool. For the World Heavyweight Championship, Hulk Hogan versus Greg the Hammer Valentine. How, now, don't spoil anything, but was that match any good? It was a Hogan match. Yeah, he did his usual stuff in the match. You know, with the hulking up and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like Greg the Hammer um, Valentine was was underrated. Then we have Antonio Inoki versus Charlie Fulton. Oh God, they had they had Antonio Inoki on that show. How they pulled that off? Yeah, he uh, he was uh, he was part of uh, the WWF. Uh, for, well, they had a working uh, they had a working relationship with uh, Japan at that time. Wow. Yeah. Then we had for the tag team championships, the, the champions, Adri- Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch versus Sergeant Slaughter and Terry Daniels. Good Lord. I definitely want to watch this show. We have then in the then we have three dark matches after the main one, which I, this is the one that you're going to watch that they only showed that was the only one shown for the women's championship. Wendy Richter versus the fabulous Moolah. Yeah, and I'm I'm guessing fabulous Moolah won that one. I have to watch because I'm not going to spoil anything. Cool. And uh, they had three dark matches afterwards. Paul Orndorff defeated Chief as Paul Orndorff versus Chief J. Strongbow. Uh, Wild Simone Afa versus Rene Goulet and Antonio Enoki. And uh, all the other wrestlers on this card were involved in a battle royal. Oh man, they, they really did work those people back in the day. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, and um, Actually, uh, the one that I gave you to watch next week, Jimmy Snook and Don Morocco, was also part of another card. This was uh, WWF at uh, at Madison Square Garden. They had a, they always had these shows on the Madison Square Garden Network. So here's what you're going to see on that one. Cool. You're going to see Tony Gurria versus Rene Goulet. Okay. Tiger Chung Lee versus S.D. Jones. S.D. Jones, is that Virgil? No, no, this is another guy. This is uh, S.D. Uh, who stood for Special Delivery. He was, uh, he was a big name around that time. It, you've seen, have you seen it? You saw WrestleMania 1, right? Yeah. Remember the guy that lost to King Kong Bundy nine seconds? Yeah. That's S.D. Jones. Oh, okay. Okay, then we have Sergeant Slaughter versus Ivan Putsky. For some reason, that name makes me laugh. <laughs> Iron Mike Sharp versus Tito Santana. Oh, that's a big match for Iron Mike. Is he, wasn't he a big jobber back in the day? Yes, he was. He, he, he used to wear that black uh, whatever on his arm that... Uh, Elbow that pad arm pad on his arm. Yeah. That that looked like Bob Orton's cast. Yeah. Uh we have Masked Superstar versus Bob Backlund for the WWF championship. 
I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna tell you right now, but I'm sure you know who Mask Superstar is. Oh no! It's eluding me at the moment, but I'm sure I'll figure it out as soon as I get off the air with you. All right. Then we have Mike Graham versus Bob Bradley. Don Morocco versus Jimmy Snuka, which you're gonna see. Uh, Rocky Johnson versus Samoa. And the Invaders versus Butcher, Vashon, and Israel Matia. And the last match of the evening will be Andre the Giant versus Sika. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, Sika is in for a rough fucking evening. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be like, what the fuck? When you watch this match, you're going to see what happens. <laughs> Okay, so remind me, what's what's the name of this uh, event? Uh, this one doesn't have a, a name. I'm gonna give you the. I'm gonna give you the link. This is just uh, uh, one of those specials they were there on the Madison Square Garden Network. Okay, like cool. Okay, so this cool. was from October of 1983. Okay, very good. Yeah, but you're gonna have fun with these shows, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to them. And now I think we should um get to NXT Takeover, which we only have five matches on here. Well, that's well, that's typical. Yeah. That's, so that's that's NXT, NXT NXT Takeover Vengeance Day, which I still hate that name. It's just stupid. Uh, Playing e- off of Valentine's Day. No, just stop. I 100 percent agree with you on that one. So here we go. Our first match on here, we have Io Shirai versus Tony Storm versus Mercedes Martinez for that women's championship. Who do you have? Uh, Io Shirai to retain. Yep, I'm going with Io Shirai on this one. Then in the finals of the women's Dusty Classic, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon and Chelsea Blackheart. Uh, Dakota and Raquel... Easily. I'm going with the Kodakai and Raquel Gonzalez. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in case you haven't figured it out by now, my co-host is an absolute nerd. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> then we have the finals of the men's Dusty Classic, MSK versus Grizzled Young Veterans. I'm taking MSK on this one. I'm gonna take uh, Grizzled Young Veterans because oh, okay. they, they because they came uh, to the finals last year and lost. So okay. I don't see I don't see them losing in the finals uh, twice right. okay. in a row. Okay. Next we have for the NXT Championship Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne. I'm staying with Finn Balor. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to stick with Finn Bauer on this one. And then we have for the North American Championship, Johnny Gargano versus Kushida. I, I think the curse, the Gargano curse is going to return and uh, Kushida is going to take it. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would agree. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Kushida on this one. Okay, that is our predictions for TakeOver. Ben, before we uh, end the show this week, I have trivia for you. 
Oh, very good. But now, just any interview, this is all about my boy Edge from right oh, here God. in Toronto. Oh, God. <laughs> I want to. How well do you know Edge? Um, well, we're going to find out after, the, after this trivia session, but I, I would say uh, going in, I'm, I'm reasonably confident. Okay, there are a total of eight questions here. Okay. All right. Edge first won the Royal Rumble match in 2003, 2007, 2010, or 2011? 2010. Correct. Who performs Edge's entrance music? Alter Bridge, Foo Fighters, Faith No More, or The Darkness? Oh, oh please. It's, it's Alter Bridge. <laughs> Look at the Man. other stupid. Look at the other stupid choices. Come on. I mean, Metalingus is on my Spotify playlist for fucking. Okay, keep track. Are you, you, you going to keep track of the score? Yeah, I got him. Okay. Who did Edge defeat in the 2001 King of the Ring finals? Was it Kane, Kurt Angle, Booker T, or Christian? I believe it was Kurt Angle. Correct. Edge entered the 2020 Royal Rumble match at what number? 15, 21, 27, or 30? Um, well, it wasn't 30. I think it was uh, 27. No, 21. Oh, 21. My who, bad. Who inducted Edge into the Hall of Fame? John Cena, Christian, Kurt Angle, or Randy Orton? Oh, oh my. Who comes up with these motherfucking questions? The WWE. Um, this, is, this is their Instagram account. Uh, it, it was Christian. I, I actually... I actually almost cried on that one. <laughs> what pay-per-view hosted the great, greatest wrestling match ever? Backlash, Payback, Money, the Bank, or Extreme Rule? Okay. It was Backlash. How many times did Edge hold the Intercontinental Championship? Two, three, four, or five? Oh. Um, I want to say five. Correct. Edge first won the WWE title in 2004, 2005, 2006, or 2007? 2006. It was, Correct. Um, Correct. It, was it was Elimination Chamber. All right, and that was the final question. So what is your score? Um, I got um, I got one wrong, so it was seven out of eight. Seven out of eight. Eight. Awesome. All right, Ben, what do you think? Bring this week's show to a close. Very good. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, for my co-host, Ben Pierce, Ben's always Pierce and Barriers, I'm your host, Ellie McNella. This is the PNC Regression Wrestling Podcast. We'll be back Tuesday night with the results show from tomorrow night's NXT TakeOver pay-per-view. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Oh, did he? Is he frozen in time? Ben, are you there? He's frozen in time. All right, fans, we will talk to you all Tuesday night.
Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. You've been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor. And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore. Taking your breath, stealing your mind, and all that was real is left behind. Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you. It's only this moment, don't care what comes after. Your fever dream, can't you see? Getting closer, just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over. 